Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about Finance 101. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, and we are doing a Finance 101 today. And I think it's important because I got to have a good conversation with uh, a dad at the park. We were taking our kids to the park, having a conversation about money and and and, and finance, and uh, the, 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 the dad was learning about, uh, you know, just different things like the uh, he'd been utilizing the uh, infinite banking concept with life insurance policies uh, and was just amazed by how that allowed him to leverage, um, you know, borrow money from his life insurance policy to invest in other things and then um, just learning about the capital structure. So I kind of walked him through like how finance actually worked and 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 uh, and he was amazed because all, all finances is built off of that kind of system, really. So let so let let's let's go to finance, right? A lot of people think that um, the financial system is built off like cash, or or you know, like yeah. The, the, a lot of people believe that the banks have dollar for dollar uh, what they lend out, and that's that's not true. The financial system is built off of faith. Um, in something, right? Whether it used to be gold, right? When people say, oh, you know, what is it backed by? Like, it's all backed by gold, by, by faith, right? Even gold, right? Gold is just people have faith in gold. It's nothing like in, in prisons, they use cigarettes. You know, they've used coral reefs in previous societies. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's just what, what we have faith in. So faith, faith in the system is the, is, 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 is what backs the system, um, and, and so, so then it goes. Okay, um, if 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 we're looking at faith, then you can kind of understand like the value of credit, right? Because 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 credit really is another word for faith. You know, I give this person credit. You know, whatever. Like it's a term that represents faith, or meaning the more faith that institutions have in you, the more money, the more capital they'll give you, right? Or the higher the credit score. It's the same thing. And and so once you understand it, then you go okay. So let's let's look at the current system, and I'm going to walk you through what we call like the capital structure. Um, and this is how wealthy people think about their balance sheet because the way wealthy people think about their balance sheet is they they understand the premise of like money being faith, and then they think about and then they think about credit, money being credit versus money being dollars, right? And then it becomes um, I'm agnostic to the assets on my balance sheet and I'm building my balance sheet uh, based on like uh, from 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 safe to risky based on like the level of faith now versus in the future, right? And so the opportunity is having a solid foundation of faith-based assets or assets that people have a lot of faith in today while also putting your 
using your balance sheet to own assets that people will have lots of faith in in the future, right? That's where the gap in return the, the gap in return comes from, like uh, the the variant perceptions of of or the variant beliefs in the market uh, of assets. Meaning, like when people under people have low faith in an asset that they're going to have high faith in later. Right, that's an opportunity. When they over, when they have faith in it, too much faith in an asset that's going to be less believed in later, right? You really don't want to own those assets. But, uh, but I'm gonna walk you through the capital structure, and if I have time, I'll uh, fill in the gaps on uh, some details. But at at the base of our current system, right, the the asset that people have the most faith in in the current system, I'm talking about broadly is like treasury bills, right? And so treasury bills are uh, at the base of our banking system, the dollar-based banking system, which the world uses dollars. And uh, and so they are, you know, like what um, allows banks to, you know, th- there's a ratio between treasury assets to how much they can lend, right? Because that's like the base collateral or what the system has the most faith in. Um and so, so I'm gonna give an example. If the and this is gonna be completely, like, not right, but it's, I'm giving you like a example to kind of understand. So if if a bank has a million dollars worth of treasuries, for example, then the banking system might allow them to lend out ten million dollars worth of like dollars on a, you know, on a million dollars worth of treasury bills, right? So that 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 spread, um, that spread is is what gives them the ability to uh, create credit and they're, and they're safe so they can, and if you're a bank, you can lend out more than what you give. But then let's, then let's, let's go further up and let's say, all right. uh, And uh, should I go in the futures market or should I not? That for those of you who, who trade futures or into futures, right. Is why you see people doing futures contracts because in futures contracts, you can also, if if you know, you can also, uh, if if you have, uh, a, you know, like a million dollars worth of 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 cash, and you're buying treasury bonds, um, you can like you can control multiples, right? So if you have a million dollars of cash, you can buy ten million or more of treasury bonds with borrowed money um, in the futures market for the same concept, right? Uh, it's it's what a lot of um, Hedge fund managers use to to manage risk in portfolios, but but similar concept, right? But let's move up the chain. So let's say, all right, now you look at uh, um, people who own uh, insurance policies in this infinite banking concept. So they'll say, all right, uh, with an insurance policy, which is a safe asset, um, if if you have an insurance policy, uh, some sort of whole life, universal life, a lot of insurance companies let you borrow you know, 90, 95% of the cash value in your policy um, to invest in uh, other assets you think might grow more than a policy. Because um, uh, that's what you're doing in finances. You're saying, all right, here's my stable base. And do I want to leave the money in my base and grow? Or do I want to borrow money against my reserve asset and put it in in investments that will potentially make me more than just leaving it in the asset, right? So let me go back down one level. Treasury bills, right? If, if banks are borrowing, if banks have treasury bills that are paying 4 or 
and they can turn around and lend it out at 8% into a business, um, then they're doing better, right? Because they don't want to park it in treasuries. They want to borrow money and go lend it out at higher rate. Same with the insurance co- contract. If you have an insurance policy and your insurance policy is paying you 3 4% interest and you can turn around and lend that and borrow from that and then go invest in something that's doing 7 8 9 10% uh, and you can do it soundly, wisely, right? Uh, then that just makes sense from a financial standpoint. Um, so, then, so then you go up and then you go, okay, so you can borrow against treasuries, you can borrow against life insurance policies. What about stocks? Same thing. If you got a stock portfolio and you have a margin account, uh, let's say you let's say you expect your stock portfolio to go up ten percent a year over a decade. Um, the more risky the asset, the less you can uh, borrow against it. So maybe a stock portfolio on a margin account, maybe they'll let you borrow fifty percent uh, of the account to go buy either other stocks or other assets, right? So the math needs to make sense to where um, uh, whatever your borrowing rate is, right? Um, because the cool thing about a, um, cool thing about uh, all these that I also didn't explain is your your the the money you plan to make, the reason why you're borrowing is the money you plan to make. Uh, on the on the asset is separate from like actually like your interest rate for borrowing, right? So so in the stock portfolio, even though you expect it to earn potentially ten percent a year, they may allow you to borrow the money at seven percent. So so and 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 your money in the account still gets to earn ten percent a year. So you still get to earn that. Uh, but now, um, you know. You just need your investment to earn better than your borrowing rate for it to make sense. If I, and I know I'm going super finance nerd for y'all, so you may got to pause, go back, write this down, write the numbers down, but I want it to go technical for some people. But uh, but the reason why you're borrowing is you're like, I can kind of double dip. If I got 100 grand and my 100 grand is earning, you know, compounding at 10% a year, right? And I can And I can borrow another 50 grand off of it and then invest it and, and make, so I'm making my 10% of my money, plus I get the 50 grand to make other money on it. Um, you, you can do that, um, but you want, you want to be, you want to at least beat the interest that you're paying on. So, so if you're paying 7% interest, you want to beat that. Um, but you get to double make the money. Now the key is if your portfolio drops to a certain level, um, they can do a margin call and you got to put up cash to do it. So when you want to manage risk properly, because if you get hit with a margin call and you've invested the money and you and you're not liquid, that creates a big problem, right? It's what's happening with the banks right now. Um, but 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 that but that's why they're leveraging is they're saying, all right, cool. Whether my money is in treasury bills, whether it's in insurance, whether it's in stocks, I get to leave my money there, let it earn what it's going to earn. If I can borrow money at a lower rate than what I plan to invest it in. Then I can make the money I make on my assets plus the money that I borrowed to get right, which which is like which is leverage, which is finance. That's how you leverage a balance sheet. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna do one more example. Then we're gonna kind of go through uh, how to manage risk while you're doing it. But then, so then you move up the chain and you go to things like crypto and Bitcoin, right? Um, there are crypto native lenders that will let you borrow, like where my money is. Uh, they'll they'll let me borrow. 40% of my Bitcoin value. But as a, you know, 
as a smart investor with all these, you want to say, all right, there's the limits of what I can borrow. And then there's like what I should what I should responsibly borrow if I should borrow at all in this given time. Because with Bitcoin, which I expect to earn the most on my balance sheet over the next decade, it's like, ah, do I really want to like risk? Because because if I if if you get a uh, collateral call and you don't have the money to uh, to 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 put up to keep the to keep the loan, they cash out your deal. And so so you look at it and you're going, all right, cool. If I expect to earn this from my investment, and I get into a situation where I have to fire sell assets to cover my loan, now I lose what I plan to make in that investment, right? Uh, uh, as like as like my risk, and so what I what I find is a lot of people that are getting into understanding uh, finance and leverage and how wealthy people are leveraging their balance sheet to doing things. They they look at the upside of being able to have money work for you at the rate that you expected it to work for you as, and then using other people's money to invest and in double dipping, which is extremely attractive, but it's. It's like working with nuclear bombs because it can blow your it can blow your balance sheet up if you don't manage risk properly. And that and that's where the skill set is. The skill set comes in managing risk properly and or said a different way, balancing fear and greed, because once once you really know uh, it becomes uh, what I say, a little bit of knowledge is too dangerous. Right. It, it It's attractive to feel clever. Right. It's attractive to say. Oh, I'm super smart. I can leverage this up. But there's a book that I recommend everybody read who's doing this to get into finance. It's called When Genius Fails. And it's about a hedge fund called Long-Term Capital Management that failed in uh, in the late 90s. Um, and they had like Nobel laureate PhDs, you know, running the fund, some highly intelligent people that were for a good three, four, five year period of time making crazy returns, doing super complex math using like they literally had the guy who wrote the options uh black shoals model or whatever like um like all these complicated math problems that people use to trade options and futures like the phd guy who um who who like this i call it discovered the formula because people were using it before but he like did the math around it and nerded out and uh um so he, you know, he was a part, you know, he was a part of the team or, or his partner or whoever. But like they had some really smart guys, right, on that deal, and they they blew up and lost a bunch of people's money. Had to get bailed out by the government. It was crazy. But read the book because th- th- there's nobody who's going to be smarter collect than, than that than those minds collectively. But their their intelligence or their hubris caused them to lose a bunch of money because uh, they got way too greedy, right, and they didn't respect the 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 power of finance when things didn't go as planned uh, in the math, right? And so that is happening a lot. Uh, I didn't even go into real estate, but real estate is another asset that you can leverage to do the different things that everybody knows about. And 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 08 was an example of people irresponsibly using uh, arm loans to finance their real estate empire. And so. Uh, you know, finance can be sexy. Finance is uh, very attractive. When you learn how to do it, you can you can make a lot of money quick. Uh, but just like we talk about the tortoise and the hare a lot, like it's not a you know it's about it's about growing money at a good rate above inflation that you're comfortable with and you know what you're doing over time. Um, 
uh, versus making a lot of money like quick. As a matter of fact, it's almost always a bad idea if you're doing something and your intent is to make money quick. That's like an indicator, right? If you're going, I'm doing this and it's a great way to make money quick. Pause. That's the wrong emotional point to be making a decision from, right? But if it's something where you're like, oh, right? That's why for most people, it's good to just not use leverage for most people uh, because unless you've learned to balance your emotions and you like, you have to have the high intellect of these people to understand it. And then you have to have the high emotional intelligence to do it. And that's a, that's a, that's a rarity in the marketplace where right? I'm not saying and you can't have it, but I'm saying unless you have the intellect at a high level, not just have the intellect, you got to understand this stuff at a level where you can talk to the smartest minds in the, in the, in the world about it, and then have the emotional intelligence to manage fear and greed and if you have that, right, even Warren Buffett, who's one of the smartest ones, he might, he doesn't, he, outside of the leverage he, he does by using insurance companies to invest money, which is a super complex thing that I can make explain another podcast. But, um, uh, but outside of that, he has a limit of 25% leverage of his, of his portfolio at a, at a max, which is, which is crazy insane when he's like the, he understands finance more than you know, there might be two people on the planet that understands finance as good as Warren Buffett, right? The old finance. He doesn't understand crypto. So like his learning, his his ranking is going down over time. Uh, but I mean, for his generation, right, he's cream of the crop. And so, um, so like, yeah, just be mindful as you're learning. Don't allow Hughes to get in the way. Um, it's, it's quite okay to never use leverage. Um, but what's more important is to build your emotional intelligence skills around it so that you can uh, make decisions out of the right balanced energy. Hope this helps. Until tomorrow, y'all enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.